Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Welcome to episode 101 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is our ideal first day in books and in real life. Joining me, your host Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the always loved up TV Markinson. Hello TV, how are you today? When you when you said 101, did you immediately think of 101 Dalmatians? Um, no. What kind of Disney hater are you? <laughs> well, it's 101 Dalmatians and my... Disney wall calendar, because I have a Disney wall calendar, is 101 Dalmatians. I don't associate that with February, but I didn't design the calendar. I think they misfired with February. <laughs> <laughs> Why not the, like, the, the cute, like the, um, what was it, Lady in the Tramp? Why not the cute scene where the dog, the, they're sharing a piece of spaghetti? That's, that's love. Not crazy lady who wants to make a coat out of 101 Dalmatians. Disney, you see, you might think it's all fluffy, but it's not. It's dark. There's darkness in the in in Disney, but anyway, we yes we are as TB just mentioned. We're on week two of our love themed month. So welcome one, welcome all. TB, tell me about your week. Uh, all right. So last week I mentioned that I am switching gears. My main focus is the British novella. One of my side projects I'm also working on at this point is season three of Girl Love Happens. When I started writing these episodes last year, my original intention was to release one episode per month via Patreon. And then when I started digging into Patreon, I realized that I didn't want to overwhelm myself because I'm already overwhelmed (laughs) with writing and iHeartLesvig and the podcast. And this was going to be yet another stressor. So I decided to set Patreon aside for now. It's not what I need right now. There's enough stress in 2021. I thought 2021 would be... (laughs) Oh man, I had such high hope for this year. It's really not going well so far. So anyways, so my goal now is to get season three of Girl Love Happens ready for publication later this year. The only the only snag in this plan is that I don't have an editing date yet. <laughs> so it's going to take some planning. So for Girl Love Happens fans, it's getting there. It's almost over the finish line. And now I just need to find an editor. So we'll see. Um, on iHeartLesvic, uh, we're launching. I can say we now because it's not just me anymore. Ah, ah, I have a team. Yeah, you got a team. Go team. So on iHeartLesvic, we're launching a new thing this year. Um, at the end of the month, we're putting together polls for your favorite reads for the book of the month. So January's poll is up. You can vote from now until the end of February. And there's, I think, five or six different subgenres. So readers can go and vote for their favorite lesbic book that was featured in the newsletter. And there will be a winner. You can also enter a giveaway for a $15 Amazon gift card. And then authors can brag about when they win. It's something we're, we're, we're trying this year. Okay, that sounds good. No pressure, but, you know, my book is in uh, this month's, uh, this week's newsletter. So, or, or well, it, it was last week. So then. that won't be featured until March because I have to let the month end before I, I oh. can't just put the best romance Claire Lydon that's it yeah just just go vote for me but it's a foregone conclusion anyway right TB eh nod nod wink wink alright so next <laughs> <laughs> what else am I doing I'm in pre-launch mode for the co-write with Miranda McLeod um, it's being edited so now we're working on the cover the blur the blog post we don't have a release date nailed down yet but hopefully soon-ish 
That's as close as I'm going to come to re- announcing a date soon-ish. Okay, so you, it's not going to be in the month of love. Maybe the month after the month of love. We don't know. Mm. There's still there's still the month. We still got some time. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Soon-ish. Mm. And then in other news, we've been experiencing a lot of cold weather in Massachusetts. I'm getting cabin fever. And that's on top of my quarantine fever. I'm really ready for the cold weather to leave. I'm really ready for the vaccine to kick in. I'm really ready for all these fucking variants to disappear. I'm really ready for life to go back to normal. And I've been a bit high strung. I don't know if you've noticed. Well, I do think that, you know, the whole watching Sex in the City uh, maybe is a good uh, idea. Because I think <laughs> you not watching the World War Two has made you a bit less um, snappy. Should we say snappy? It's funny that you said that because this is leading into my point. So I asked my newsletter subscribers. I said, you know, I was considering watching Sex in the City, but what should I try next to help keep me in a better mood because the world's falling apart? And the number one suggestion was the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Would you agree or disagree? Uh, I think you know that I would agree wholeheartedly. It's my hands-down favorite TV show of the last year or so. So when I finish Sex in the City... I'm turning to the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and I'm still continuing my try to cheer up TV. Good. It's hard because I really veer towards the dark stuff. <laughs> I really, I really, I try to stay on the path, and then I do that hard left to the bad side. Well, you know, uh, Mrs. Maisel is a bit more of a meaty drama than uh, Sex and City. So Sex and City is a good one. It's a good palate cleanser after all your Nazis, and then... Um, Straight into Mrs. Maisel, which is uh, very, so well written, beautiful to watch, and uh, well acted, so. Do you know how many seasons there are? Because I like to binge. I'm assuming there's quite a, because when you first recommended it to me, I think they were still in season one. I was like, no, I know my personality. There's three. Okay. So, so that, that will be a meaty project for me. They've been held up because of the pandemic, like most shows, but uh, on season four, but I know there is a season four coming. Yeah, but another um, season... Which is back to the darkness, but it's season two of Discovery, which is, I love the books. I watched the first season last year. I'm just waiting for all of the episodes in season two to finally get dumped so I can watch them all. Because do you remember the day where we used to have to wait until like the following week? <laughs> Ridiculous. Don't know how we survived. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so anyways, that's what I'm up to. How are things over there? Things over here are going well. Yeah, work-wise, I have just been carrying on with my big London dreams. I've got London dreams, TB, haven't we all? You've got London dreams. I've got big ones. London. But how is London now, though? Like, what's what? How different is it with everyone kind of not leaving? I don't know really, because I don't leave my house very much. So, and I just leave my house to walk to the river and back. So, what pictures I see uh, are very empty. Uh, in town because obviously all the shops and uh, shops and restaurants and bars are still shut so yeah it's a very different London at the moment but um, all the walks around here are so busy because no one's going anywhere so well, I think all the neighbourhoods are busier but all the centre mm-hmm. of town is not yeah so I'm carrying on with my Big London Dreams which is uh, London Romance Book 8 this one follows on from the romance set up in book 7 of the Long Lost Lovers Reunited so it treads backward in the story and details their romance in the late 50s and in the present day as they meet again. And I'm setting it in the White City, which is West London, and it's where my mum grew up. So I'm setting it there because she was actually lived there in the 50s. Uh, so I'm pumping her for area details and information. Now, my mum does have dementia, but she's very good on details back in the day. <laughs> uh, she could be making them up. 
however because she's very good at like styling things out so I'm not going to know so some bits of it might be true and some bits might be just made up who knows what actually is considered that part of London White City is a yeah. is an area it's a tube stop how do I how do I not remember this one maybe it's really near Shepherd's Bush it's on the central line oh okay I like Shepherd's Bush and Hammersmith in that area alright so White City mm. and and you're not sure if your source is accurate. No, but that's half the fun, right? Well, it is fiction. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it is fiction. <laughs> you know, I, I'm making shit up. My mum might be making shit up as well. Obviously, I'm going to do a bit of research as well around the area. I really just, I've already uh, started doing that. So, um, yeah, it's exciting. Does she know she's your source? Is she? Does she get all excited about it or does she forget about that part? Well, she does when I tell her, and then the next time she's like, "Oh yeah, I'll tell you," but she doesn't remember what she's told me already. So you know, is it kind of like a bonding experience, though? You get to learn a little bit about your it mom is. from her younger days. Yeah, yeah, I am oh. learning a lot of that's, stuff. So it's nice. That's kind of sweet. And I'm assuming you're gonna actually dedicate this one to your mom. Well, I should, right? I I did actually dedicate uh, I think before you say I do to my mum, or Christmas semester. I can't remember one recently. So uh. God, she's already had one dedicated. I want to go overboard, TV. Mother's maybe, Day's going to be awkward. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll dedicate it to my parents because uh, I have been asking both of them because obviously they were courting in the 50s in London. So I've been asking them about going to dances and things because there was no disco, no alcohol. You know, they used to have a cup of tea and dance. No alcohol? What are you talking about? Mm, no, apparently not. Not in the 50s. London was dry in the fifties. Well, it wasn't dry, but it, you know, you didn't go out and go out to the pub and have a drink like if you were in, if you were younger. Sad. Mm. You should say your French thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Je suis désolé. Um, uh, TB, I have actually uh, found out um, what is the term for I am happy. <laughs> now, I am happy. I'm not sure I trusted Google Translate, but I've got I am thrilled. Are you ready? Yes. Je suis ravi. Sounds a bit, uh, ravish. It sounds a bit harsher. <laughs> I prefer that Je suis désolé. That just sounds, that was kind of sing-songy and it's fun. I know, you see. Now you're coming around to my whole Je suis désolé. Anyway, what else have I been doing this week? Well, um, I have had, very exciting actually, so, um, when you go, when you're wide with your books, um, you get into libraries, library systems via Overdrive, via a couple of other services like Baker and Taylor. And in Kobo this week, I had like an extra couple of hundred pounds on my invoice. And I was like, where's this come from? Because it wasn't a book sold. And I was like, are they, are they fucked up? It turns out that a few libraries have bought my books. And when libraries buy your books, they buy, it's, it's like double the price because they buy it to rent it out. So um, yeah, libraries in Toronto and two different states in America have bought like a bunch of my books. So I got extra money. So libraries, um, I'm always encouraging people to use libraries. I use them. I use them all throughout my childhood and, and my life. So yeah, I'm go libraries. Yeah, but don't you hate it though when you get money that you don't know where it's coming from? I know. Are they going to ask for like, yeah. like, am I going to get like a bill? <laughs> I totally was thinking that. I'm like, I'm sure that that wasn't that wasn't the amount I earned that month. What's going on here? But no, it's come from libraries, so hurrah. Right, talking of libraries, I am also doing a talk at Stockport um, Library, Stockport Council Library. 
So the librarian there. this is a not like in person? No, it's not in person, obviously. So uh, it's arranged by Stockport Library. Now, if it was in person, I wouldn't be doing it, obviously, because Stockport's in Manchester, near Manchester. So uh, it's a bit far away from me. You know, it would take me like four hours on the train to get there. So, so, uh, but I was thrilled. The the librarian there reads my books, got in touch, and said, "Would I come and zo- do a Zoom event?" So I'm doing this on the 25th of February. We'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, we should have it by by the time this goes out. And uh, yeah, so online, anyone can come and I'm going to be talking about Hot London Nights and my London Romance series, but also just about writing and, and how I do it. So that's nice to be contacted, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so like, the questions, even though you're there to like talk about a specific book, it's usually, what's it like to be a writer? Yeah, yeah. Do you make money? <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and also, uh, we should mention that today, um, as this, we're recording this a little bit early, but as this goes out, um, it will be February the 15th. And so yesterday will have been Valentine's Day, TB. And as you know, this is number two in our love-themed month. So um, Valentine's Day, planning anything special? <laughs> we'll probably watch the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel <laughs> because we can't go anywhere. Yeah, but you know, you could do beautiful things at home. Well, like watching. Like watching the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Well, we will be. Uh, I don't know exactly what we're planning because uh, obviously this is we're doing this ahead of time. So yes, we're time traveling. No, we're not. Um, we will have a nice meal and a bottle of wine, and we'll probably dance because it's tradition that we dance. I think we started dancing on Valentine's Day, uh, like a, one of our very early Valentine's days, and now we always put some music on and dance. So. I'm a really shit dancer. I'm abysmal. So there were, and my wife's a really good dancer. So there'll be a lot of eye rolling and treading on feet. We'll probably order a nice meal and you know stay in and have a nice night. But yeah, uh, no dancing. I, I, um, no, <laughs> no dancing. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> and I was also going to say uh, to you one thing that you should be watching is it's a sin. Have you heard about this? ringing a bell i wonder if someone else recommend i got tons of recommendations but that one is ringing a bell okay well it's going to be on hbo max or hbo one of those um uh, sort of later on this month for you um it's it's a five-part drama set in the 80s around the aids crisis um it is funny it's human it's heart-wrenching it's it will make you laugh it will make you cry and it's one of the best bits of telly I've seen in absolutely ages. So it's by Russell T. Davis, who um, who's very famous uh, over here. He did years and years, and he did um, he did the original Queer as Folk and revived Doctor Who. So um, he's he's a brilliant uh, screenwriter. But the acting's brilliant, and and the whole cast, all the everybody who's gay on the show is gay in real life. So it's very good. The AIDS crisis. I mean, is that really going to perk me up this time? <laughs> Well, it it is kind of heartbreaking. I'm not gonna lie. People do die, but um, it is it's so. Yeah, it was eight. Yeah. yeah, it was not a fun time. No, it wasn't a fun time. But it's it's so well written and it does make you laugh as well as cry. So um, you know, if you want uplifting, maybe not. But um, put it on your list of things to watch. And the final thing I want to tell you is that I found out uh, this week that I have got lexical gustatory synthesisia. Can you say that slower so I can try and figure it out? Lexical gustatory synthesis. Earwax. <laughs> no. Basically, I've I always had this thing. When I hear certain words or certain accents more, I sort of a taste floods into my mouth. A taste and a sensation. And apparently I never knew it was a thing, but I was told on Twitter 
that it was. Like when I hear the word Monday, I always think of pudding and custard. And when I hear certain American accents, I get like a sensation of I'm eating an orange in my mouth. <laughs> not your accent, strangely. And not like quite a few of my mates are American, not them. But my old boss, uh, he's American. And every time we had a meeting, my mouth would always just be flooded with sensations of like orange and juicy fruit. Uh, what, what kind of accent did he have? He kind of, I think he kind of has quite a rounded American accent because he's lived like in San Francisco, Chicago, uh, Michigan. Oh, so he might have more of a like a Fargo accent with Chicago and Michigan. Because I'm, I lived in California, so I say dude a lot. But in in Colorado, where, where whenever I take the test, like what kind of American accent you have, it's like nothing. You're just like the plainest of plain, like a baked potato with no toppings. <laughs> um, but he might have picked up a little bit more of the sing-songing kind of with right. uh, Michigan. Yeah, so there are just some words and accents that that flood my my sort of senses with tastes and yeah, and it's weird. And I've just always had it, and I've just never known that it was a thing. But I was told on Twitter uh, this this week that it's a thing. I've got a thing. It means I'm I know special. Some people would, yeah, yeah, you are special. Well, I've already I already know I already know you're special. But but I know like some people when they like see or hear words like they see colors associated with it and stuff like that. That is, the, no. that, that is the same thing. So I don't see colours, but I, put simply, I taste words. But I'm going to stick with earwax. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but obviously, <laughs> they don't taste like, you know, I won't hear the word orange and, and get orange. I hear a certain American accent and get it. Or I hear certain European accents and think of other things. Or I hear the word Monday and immediately custard. There you go. Strange but true. <laughs> I, I picture custard as like a soothing thing. Do you need like something soothing because Monday's like harshness? Maybe. Maybe that's it. Who knows? Anyway, let's go into comments. What you got? Comment monitor. Well, 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 before we do that, I want to um, check in on Roscoe. Is Roscoe still alive? Roscoe's still alive. Doing well. Oh, I've been really worried about Roscoe. <laughs> do you think you can keep him alive until at least March 6th and that meant he had an entire year? I think it's highly probable. Selena for 
weighing in on that. It's not a dirty word. It's how we write. It is. Um, we also had an email from Sarah who loves the podcast and we keep Sarah entertained on drives to work. Wow, someone's still driving to work. Amazing. I know. Do be safe out there, Sarah. And also, we have a comment from Helen who just wanted to say that uh, Helen is still loving the podcast. So thank you very much for sticking with us. When I say Helen, do you have a, a, a taste? No. Sad. Sorry, Helen. <laughs> do you have comments over there? None. Wow. All right. Sweet Desolée. She was sweet Desolée. Why is it no? Move on. God you know, it. you know, TV. Come see, come see. I know. I know. Call my agent. We're still watching it. It's great. Because, like, because when we do get let out of lockdown in like 2025, you could go to Paris. <laughs> do you know what? Watching Call My Agent has really made me miss Paris because uh, I, uh, my wife and I, it, you know, Paris is an easy uh, European city to get to. Just hop on the Eurostar. You don't have to get on a plane, which I prefer. So, you know. My wife and I used to go to Paris at least once a year, sometimes more than that. We have a, a specific hotel we always stay in. We love the little neighbourhood. And I really miss going to Paris. And watching Call My Agent is really driving at home. I love Paris. Um, Paris, I mean, I've been to a lot of older cities in Europe because, you know, I used to live in London and we would travel around. But Paris is one of those cities where I arrive and when we start walking outside, I'm like, it's just, for me, it's like just walking in the pages of a history book. Paris just has that feel. It's such a magical city. And I miss it. I miss London. I miss life. I miss life. Can you say that in French? Joie de vivre. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So for our second episode in our season of love, who came up with season of love? Was that you? That seems like a you thing. <laughs> sure. But anyways, so for our second episode of Season in Love, we are discussing our ideal dates, either in books or in our life. Is that right? That is correct. Right? Is... Because I've, 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 I've been not preparing right lately. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct, TB. I don't know what you came up with, but first dates I've written in books. Now, that's how I came up, went about it first time. And I, I've got to say, I was looking through all my looking at all my books on my website and thinking that I need to change up my first dates and be a bit more inventive because <laughs> because uh, <laughs> I think they're mainly in bars and restaurants and people going to gigs I mean they're realistic right my books are realistic I think a lot of romance books actually don't get to first dates because you know romance is centered on the couple and the thrill of the chase and then getting to where they need to go which is in love um kissing each other Yes, you have to have the kissing. Um, it's funny because when I started thinking about this one, um, a couple years ago I went to a writer's conference, and it was a, a romance writer's conference, and one of the talks I attended was by a, a dating expert. Mm. And this person helps people find dates and then helps plan dates. And one of the things she said right out of the gate kind of just crushed my little soul, just crushed me, because she said, um, in today's world when you are dating, when you plan a first date, you can know well this was before the pandemic so let's imagine like the world still out there and she was like dinner and movie dinner and movies are out as the first date in real life or in a book in real life she was she was talking about in real life and then she was saying that in a book you should also do that and i my favorite first date is dinner and a movie i love going to the movies when i lived in uh boston before we moved to london i had uh 
movie buddies every every like I forget what day of the week it was. We went to the movies. We were always seeing movies. I love going to dinner. I love going to the movies. And the thing that kind of sucks is my partner hates the movies. <laughs> so um, I usually now like go well before like when I was living in London, I had a movie pass for one of the uh, theaters in Notting Hill, and it was like my tradition on Mondays to go to a movie by myself, and I really enjoyed it. So when she was like, yeah, you can't go to dinner in a movie. And I'm like, well, but that's what I want. (laughs) That's my ideal first date. But in fiction, like you were saying, when you were going through your books and you realized that it was like a lot of pubs and a lot of um, bars and such, it's a challenge because I think that's what a lot of people still do. But it's a challenge because you can't keep writing the same first date. Who says, TB? <laughs> this dating expert. Oh, me. the dating expert. Now, I was considering um, a couple of my recent uh, books where they do actually go on first dates. Um, well, kind of they do, but they don't. So there's a lot, I think a lot in romance are you have a date, but it might not be considered to be their first date, but it's the first time they go out together and it might be where they start realising or, you know, maybe they've realised before it's not actually a date they're still dancing around each other so for instance in christmas in mistletoe they build a snowman which is a great first date right for a festive novel and then they go and drink rum lace rum laced hot chocolate and shag on a desk so great first date right rum and hot chocolate yeah you do that's the only part that that got me out of that sentence and then in A Taste of Love, um, again, it wasn't really their first date, but um, one of them owned an ice cream shop, and they she asked the other one to come and taste test her ice cream flavours. Eh? Eh? And, um, <laughs> and, you know, at the end of the day, uh, they end up half naked in a shop window. And as I was writing this, I realised that my characters just don't hold out. They can't control themselves, TV. They're, they're overcome with lust. So what you're saying is you, you were easy. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't confirm. Maybe. Um, I, I think I've decided that um, in real life, right? Actually, when my wife and I probably went on what might have been considered our first date, but neither of us said it was our first date because we were still friends, right? So we went to a dinner together, and it felt, somehow felt a bit different. But neither of us had defined it as such. So clearly, my books follow my life. But All we, right, so but but we didn't end up naked in a shop. Easy call. <laughs> we didn't end up naked in a shop window. I hasten to add. <laughs> um, in the book I recently co-wrote with uh, Miranda, we had a main character who is hopeless when it comes to dating. So the first dating experiences in this book, one um, we involved uh, speed dating, and that just ends up disastrously, but but funny. And another one we in, um, included a singles event that was like a dance class where singles went to a dance class and then they learned how certain steps and it had to pair off with everybody. So, um, but yeah, that one was a, a lot of fun because since the whole premise of the story is how this person is just really bad at dating, <laughs> just really bad at it. And then we were able to come up with all these scenarios and it was a lot of fun and uh, humorous to write. And the brainstorming sessions on Skype were pretty funny. Because we're like, well, what if this happens? <laughs> Which, uh, as well, is a great thing to remember. Uh, if you're wondering what you should what should happen next, just ask, what if? That is the brilliant, most brilliant question when you're planning and plotting. What if? What if? Yes, absolutely. But um, it is hard to write the first date. It, it, there's a lot of pressure on writing a first date. And there's a lot of pressure on asking someone on a first date. So I guess they kind of go hand in hand. But it's been a while since I've been on a first date. <laughs> yeah, it's been a very long time. <laughs> 
Do you know what? Um, I was watching a show the other day, and they it was a, it was in Niagara Falls. Now I've been to Niagara Falls a few times because uh, I've got family that live not very far from there. So every time we go and visit them, they go, "Do you want to go to Niagara Falls?" And I go, oh, "Okay." So anyway. But I'm not very good with water, so I don't go on the boat that goes under the thing. Uh, and I'm not very good at looking at Niagara Falls because I have an issue with vertigo and it, it plays with it. So it's not the best place in the world for me to go. But strangely, <laughs> they've installed a zip line at Niagara Falls. And you can like zip line, not over the falls, but kind of like down the side. Um, but you don't really go anywhere near the river or the falls, but you can see it. I know that it would be from up high, but I'd really quite fancy going on it myself. Um, so I think that that would be a good first date in a book, right? Because it would be funny, especially if somebody had a fear of heights or vertigo. That sounds like hell to me. <laughs> <laughs> you could go down on matching zip lines. Are you going to try this out first before you write it? Well, I did say next time I next time I'm dragged to uh, Niagara Falls, <laughs> I'm going to insist on going on the zip line. <laughs> you know sort of okay to go along there's it's it's a nice because we always go to niagara on the lake on the way back and that's a really cute little quaint historic town so i quite like going to niagara on the lake yeah i've only been to niagara falls once and we were driving back we'd gone to i think toronto for a pearl jam concert and we we're driving back and we stayed the night in niagara and so we got in late we had a nice hotel where we were able to overlook the, the falls, and I didn't know they changed the light color. It was just kind of a fun night, but it wasn't until the next morning where we had to get back. So we got up early, and we were driving out, and I was like, there's like a carnival here. How did we miss this part when we were driving in? But we were so tired, and it was so late, and we just had such a short time. So we missed most of Niagara. I don't think I can really count that as visiting Niagara. <laughs> But I guess um, I was thinking about what what would make the best kind of first date. I guess uh, a bit like we were talking about last week would be something funny, right? Something funny would happen or something unexpected would happen. Uh, and similarly to the zip line, I did uh, in All I Want for Spring, uh, I included a date where they go on a Segway. Now, uh, this is in Rome uh, in All I Want for Spring. I went on a Segway in Madrid and I, me and driving are not friends. I don't drive. I can't drive a car. I just don't like the whole thing of driving. And so I'm not very good at just, you know, being in control of um, something with wheels, a machine with wheels. It's not for me. So I get on this Segway and I'm, I was terrible at it. And I, and I, I kept going backwards and round and round in circles. And in the end, the guy had to just get hold of the Segway and pull me along and just said, well, I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll drive for you. <laughs> um, and the horror and the hilarity of that whole situation I did manage to put into a book. So that would be, you know, an example of <laughs> a very funny first date. If you make it funny, uh, but also romantic, then that's, you've hit the jackpot. Didn't the, like, the inventor of Segway die on a Segway by going over a cliff? I, I'm not sure if it was the inventor, but yeah, people have died. <laughs> <laughs> They're not safe. <laughs> no. <laughs> I am trying to picture you on one, though. I went all around Madrid, though, you know, on this segue. Like, actual, down actual main roads and thoroughfares with people. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm surprised I didn't kill anyone. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if you went to, like, YouTube and you, you could, like, search, maybe some tourists got you on video. Listeners, can you try and find pictures of a video of Claire on the segue in Madrid? I'm going to try and find a photo and we can have it for this episode. All right. There you go. I guess I'll settle for that. <laughs> So what about real life? What is your ideal date 
TB in real life. And let's say the, the the pandemic is not happening. So I told you dinner and a movie. I'm very simple. I love I love food <laughs> and I love movies. I love to get popcorn and milk duds. Pour the milk duds in the popcorn so it melts. I don't know. I, I was trying to think of this if I was trying to plan a first date. And granted, I've been out of the dating world for. I'm trying to. I'm looking at the date. It's 2021, 2005. Anyone asking some, a friend? Some years. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a very long time. Uh, I was trying to like plan a, a first date, and um, I I would probably if I was planning something now, and it let's say it's like a nice day, a nice spring warm day. I think like a picnic and hiking. That's very lesbian of you. Well done. Well, I am wearing my um, my flannel today. I'm looking like a lesbian lumberjack today. <laughs> you see, uh, I remember. I don't know. Have you read "I'm Playing the Role of Herself"? No, I have not. You keep you keep telling me I should, but I have not yet because you keep telling me. Yeah. Too, so I'm just like, <laughs> well, anyway, the first date. Well, actually, obviously, it's not the first date, but it's the first time that they're together alone. She takes a hiking in the California hills, and and they have a picnic. In, Hol- yeah. in Hollywood, so you go. Hiking's one of my favorite activities. I used to, when I lived in Colorado, I used to get up really early and go hiking with a, like a headlamp on, and then I would go to work. So I'd be out there like at five in the morning hiking. It's lovely, you get to see all the animals, it's a beautiful time. But you need the headlamp, otherwise you're gonna hurt yourself. Mm. As long as you remember to take the headlamp off before you go to work, right? Sometimes, hit or miss, hit or miss. So my ideal date now, what is it? So I think, really a bit like you um i would never go to the movies because i don't mind going to the movies every now and again but it would never be a main thing because because i like to chat and so i don't want to go to the movies and just sit like it's not a date it's not date datey for me it's funny though because wasn't one of your goals before the pandemic last year was to go to the movies more yeah but on my own i wouldn't i don't really consider going to i like going to movies on my own i don't like going with other people is it because you can't control yourself from chatting? <laughs> no, I'm not annoying. I'm not one of those annoying people. But I, I, I just don't want to waste an <laughs> evening going to a movie. I'd rather just go. I like to go to the movies in the morning or something. Are, are movies running in the morning? Yeah. Like what time? Like half past nine, ten o'clock. On the weekend? No, on the weekday. What I mean, the not, fuck? not now, obviously, <laughs> but you know. Yeah, movies really? run. movies run all day. So I like to leave it till like it's right at the end of its run and then I can go and see it at 10 o'clock in the morning. Anyway. So when we both lived in London, we were going to movies by ourselves. Yeah. That's kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> I do occasionally go with someone else. Like, you know, sometimes my wife and I do go. And if we go, we, we go for a dinner first and then we go to the movie. But it's not my it's not my favourite thing to do as a date, I suppose. My ideal date is to go, is to have a lovely day out in London. You know, that's what all of my characters in my London books do. <laughs> Let's go out for a day in London. So I like to go for somewhere nice for lunch and then head to a gallery or an exhibit somewhere. Maybe do a little bit of shopping. Then go for some coffee and cake. And then a cocktail in a fancy schwanky bar. And then he- head to a, a, a fancy schwanky restaurant for seafood and champagne. We have a favourite uh, restaurant in central London where they know as well and where we go when I launch a book normally. But obviously we couldn't go this time around, so we had a, she had a, a Turkish meal for my launch uh, of Hot London Nights. But I really do miss going out for dinner and drinks. Uh, it's 
it's one of my favourite things to do. I love eating out. It's why he takes centre stage a lot in my books. Yeah, that's my ideal date, really. Eating, drinking. So that's not, a, that's not a first date because that is like an aggressive first date. That yeah. That's a lot of time with somebody. I don't know, though. I mean, probably, probably first... You, you mentioned lunch, <laughs> shopping, a gallery, <laughs> dinner... This is true. I suppose this is uh, the dates that my wife and I do. Um, you know, when we've got a day free, we'll just take a day off and do that. But yeah, uh, you have to know someone well for that yes. one, which is not. I'm not passionate. It no. sounds like a very lovely day, but if you propose that as a first date to me, I'm like, wow, she's high maintenance. <laughs> 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 Costs a lot of money as well. Um, yeah, if I'm going on a first date, I'd probably go cocktails and dinner. There you go. So like a pub dinner or a restaurant? Restaurant. Preferably you're like on the Thames, a little romantic? No, no, like a nice sort of French bistro in Soho. Oh, French food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I just turned off all the French listeners. <laughs> oh, I love French food. Like, um, I have to say, I do struggle to get as nice French food in Paris as I do in London. But there you go. There was a time when Paris was the gastronomic capital, but now London is that. I did a piss if anyone can tell me where to go to eat in Paris uh, Central, let me know because um, I, I, I always struggle a little bit to get a really lovely classic French bistro. So there you go, that's our ideal first date in real life and strangely it kind of mimics our books. Do your characters go to the movies a lot in your books? There is a movie date, yeah, there <laughs> is a movie date and um, again, I'm trying to think of first dates. <laughs> I'm drawing blanks. <laughs> I really, I, I, I was talking to Miranda the other day because she was like, do you remember this in the, the book? And I was like, yeah, as soon as I write a chapter, I just pretty much dump my head and everything comes out. <laughs> and I don't remember anything. A lot of my characters, they do kind of start out as friends. So there is that, what is our, what was our first date? Was it that time when we went to, or was it this time? So it's one of those, I don't know, is that just the lesbian part of dating? <laughs> in romance books and in real life, you can sometimes get a bit confused as to what is a date and what is not. There you go. Yeah. But if you're going to write them, make them big. Make them dramatic. Drama. Steal Claire's idea. Yes. Like, that's like the whole book. <laughs> Let them go on an action action adventure date on a zip line and a Segway. No. That's <laughs> how you're like, you just can't talk in a movie, but you'll go to an art exhibit where you... It's really quiet in museums. <laughs> All right, well, let us know um, what has been your favourite first date that you've read in a, in a novel and what is your ideal first date and what's the one that you that you wish you could go on but maybe you won't so you can write it in your fiction. Let us know. Let, email us at lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com. Hit us up on the website and I will reply at lesbians.com. Uh, no, not at lesbians.com. <laughs> at lesbianswhowrite.com. <laughs> Facebook us, Twitter us, Instagram me. And join us next week when we're going to be on week three of our love month. And next week, TV, we are discussing erotica versus romance. Da 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 da. Pressure's on now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes, join us then for um, some hot chat. Until then, uh, do comment, let us know what you think of the episode and of the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, stay safe, keep writing, and um, hope you had a great Valentine's Day. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. 
Listen in every week for more conversations on writing and lesbian fiction. And you can make sure you never miss an episode by signing up to our newsletter at lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more people to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.